0: Welcome back everybody. This is Eric and Chad here with iRight Veteran 8888. Today we have another Gun Gripe episode for you and we are going to be getting into the wheeze on HB 4953. Um, This is a bill that is aiming to greatly expand the NFA, and it has some very dangerous connotations, which we'll discuss here and uh, get into the weeds a little bit on it. Uh, I'd like to take a moment to thank our friends at Sonoran Desert Institute for supporting gun gripes. They've got some great gunsmithing programs. If you're wanting a career in firearms technology, they accept all different types of uh, financial aid. So if you're a military veteran, you got your GI Bill and whatnot, you can definitely get that uh, to work for you. Excellent distance learning programs in the field of gunsmithing. Technology, so check them out. Snorin Desert Institute. So we're gonna get into the vein of this particular bill. And you know, when you look at what's going on in the world right now, mm. there's so many crazy things going on, and then we're not gonna dive into every little tiny thing in this particular video because that would make the video really long. We just wanted to you know bring about some awareness of this. When things go crazy in the world where there's a disaster, or you look at the stuff going on in Afghanistan, or you look at you know, all of these tiny things, the media has this really funny way of going, squirrel! And they look over there, and they want to distract you. And then while there's all this distraction going, and while people are paying attention to this one thing, they want to go, all right, now let's let's sneak this gun control under the rug. And that's what's happening right now. Okay.
1: Yep. Pretty uh, scary stuff. So, FPC is always on the ball with this kind of stuff. And, you know, we... We don't want to expand the NFA, which is what this bill is is seeking to do, okay? Um, if you guys aren't familiar, the NFA means National Firearms Act, all right? If you're not familiar with it, the National Firearms Act covers certain types of firearms uh, that have to be registered with the federal government, okay, for civilian ownership, like transferable machine guns, for example, short-barreled rifles, short-barreled shotguns, any other weapons, basically all the fun stuff. Right? Okay. Yeah. It has to be registered. All right. Suppressors, even that sort of thing. So, what this bill hopes to accomplish is to make every semi automatic firearm that is capable of taking a detachable magazine, all those firearms would then be subject to the NFA. All right. Now, one thing with the NFA is not only do you have to register that item with the federal government, you also have to pay a $200 extortion tax. Well, really, what it amounts to is an extortion tax to own that item. You're basically paying to you know, exercise your constitutional right, and um, you know what's the what's the guy's name? U.S. Representative uh, Ted. What 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 is it? Um, it's Ted Douche. Douche. Am I saying like,
0: well, like a douchebag? D E U T C H. Douche. Ted Dish. Hey, hello. <laughs> well, look. <laughs> so here's the thing. Polling taxes have already been you know deemed to be unconstitutional a long time ago, right? Uh, You look back into uh, the history of the Supreme Court and the way a lot of these cases came and went and everything, um, it's funny how few 2A cases have been heard by the Supreme Court compared to how many 1A cases have been heard by the Supreme Court. And, uh, you know, and of course that dealt with voting rights, right? Uh, You know, they were imposing polling taxes to keep certain people from being able to exercise their right to vote. And the Supreme Court ended up determining that was unconstitutional, that you can't tax a right. Right. Essentially, Mayberry versus Madison. Mm-hmm. A few other cases come to mind, um, but the point is, the NFA is already un- unconstitutional to begin with at its current level that it's at right now. If you have to pay a two hundred dollar tax to own a certain firearm, is that firearm really illegal? Right. But they look at it under the the guise of legality. They never look at it under the guise of well, we're going to acknowledge that you can own this if you want but you simply must pay a $200 tax stamp and register it. You know, it's funny. They do it because they don't want people to own it. So it's done under the guise of control. It's done under the guise of creating enough of a paperwork trail to where most people go, you know what? I don't really need that bad enough Mm -hmm. to have to go through all that. Or maybe somebody saved up. All right, in this case, let's say you bought a Glock 19 pistol uh, to protect your family with. You want a handgun to carry on your person every Mm -hmm. day or something. Under this, even a Glock 19, let's say you went and bought a, U, a police trade-in Glock 19 or something, or let's just say a Glock 17. I don't know. Some of them probably carry 19s, but a 17 might be a better example. But say you went and bought a police trade-in Glock 17, and you paid 400 bucks for the dang thing or something. Which, in this environment, that's not possible. But let's just just bear with me here, okay? This is going somewhere. All right, you got a $400 Glock 19. Well, under this, all right, it takes a detachable magazine. It's semi-automatic. Guess what? Bam, covered under NFA now. So you're going to take a $400 handgun and pay a $200 tax stamp. So now a $400 handgun turned into a $600 handgun. And it's got to be in NFA prison while you're waiting on the paperwork to go through. So you need to protect your family now... And someone at the gun store says, well, I mean, you got a great deal on this gun, but, you know, we got this paperwork. Well, how long is the paperwork going to take? Oh, it's going to take 18 months. Well, I don't need protection in 18 months. I need protection now. You know what I mean? So that's one of the scary connotations, too, is that when you look at how many SimAuto, you know, firearms are out there in the general populace, uh, there's a lot of them. And most of them are magazine fed firearms. Okay, so this is. A gun grab, essentially, because they know that if they were, let's just say, they were able to get ninety-five percent compliance across the board amongst every single gun owner in possession of said firearms, then although that they are not supposed to keep a registry, they're not supposed to keep a list or everything like that, mm-hmm. they will. They will then have you know an entire database where they know who has what, where they live, who they are, all of that stuff, and collected $200 from every single, uh, situ- you know, every single gun, they got $200 from it. So it's a frisking operation. It's it's a money grab. It's a power grab. And it is a way for them to exert more control over people. And I strongly disagree with it. And it's, um, it, it's just really random to think about, right, that, you know... We've allowed this NFA stuff to go so far. I mean, you look at the brace situation, right? I hope you guys are submitting your comments for the brace uh, ruling change with uh, with the uh, ATF, okay? Okay. But when you look at these things like braces, where the ATF wants to treat braces as NFA Mm -hmm. items, if you ask the average person on the street, you know, that's just not really that, you know, they don't understand all of the laws and the minutia of it and everything like that. They, they, they would have a very hard time understanding, well, wait a minute, so that ten and a half inch AR and that that gun right there are not the same gun like you know what I mean people they don't understand the, the 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 legalities and things that go into it and all. so pistols are in such common use. there are tons of handguns out there, and brace firearms are in such common use. What they aim to do here is also not only to, to close the gap between rifle and pistol and all of this random stuff, they're also trying to essentially say anything with a detachable magazine might as well be just as evil as
1: any other item. Yep. So there may be some exceptions when the actual text and everything comes out, like there usually are in bills like this, you know, exceptions for certain 22 rifles and stuff like that, youth programs, uh, you know, that whatever, you know, guns are used for 4H or Boy Scouts, whatever the hell, you know, but it, it, beside the point, okay. It's all beside the point because this is just a draconian, uh, you know, action against the second amendment as a whole, as usual with these type of bills from these Democrat representatives. Now, One thing that they argue in this proposal itself is that, oh, well, the NFA, you know, guns that are under the NFA are are solely used in crime, solely used in crime. Can't talk this morning, still haven't had enough coffee yet. Um, They're they're very rarely used in crime, right? So why not just make everything an NFA firearm and then, you know, they wouldn't be used in crime, correct? Well, if you look at the statistics on, like, say, AR-15s, which is really what everybody always wants to gravitate towards is making ARs, you know, basically treating them the same way as you would treat a machine gun, okay, and having to be registered with the NFA and such. Um, they're already used, like rifles as a whole, not not just ARs, but rifles as a complete category are used in such a minuscule amount of crime that's reported by the FBI that it's almost like within a margin of error, okay? Yeah. I mean, but when you break that down into individual categories, like AR15, semi-automatic AR15s, you know, that result shrinks even more. I mean, just exponentially so. So is it really about preventing crime or is it just about more control over the citizenry as a whole? Um, And Chipman, all right, this is, Chipman is still, you know, a a loose cannon, as we would say. Uh, This is still an ongoing thing. You know, the, the left is fighting for Chipman's confirmation and then All the freedom-loving, liberty-loving individuals are still fighting against it. And, you know, guys, keep up the fight because it is working. It is working very, very well, okay, just keeping that pressure on him. But Chipman said recently that AR-15 should be regulated like machine guns. What I support is treating them like machine guns. Chipman, who is now a senior policy advisor at Giffords, uh, that's a gun control group, uh, courage to fight gun violence, uh, told Hill. rising? To me, if you want to have a weapon of war, the same gun that was issued to me as a member of the ATF SWAT team, it makes sense that you would have to pass a background check. The gun would have to be in your name, and there would be a picture and fingerprints on file. He continued. So, these people like Chipman don't even fully understand the normal gun buying process as a whole. So you already have to pass a background check or have a concealed weapons permit in order to purchase a firearm. These people are so ignorant to the facts of the law as it currently exists that they want to change, make policy changes and such and make new laws when they don't fully understand the laws that are on the books already and really what effect they have on criminal activity as a whole. You're never going to, uh, completely eradicate criminal activity with firearms. You're never going to do it. All you're going to do is just completely, uh, you know, bugger down the individual who just wants to protect their family, like Eric mentioned, and make it even more difficult to purchase the tools to do so. That's I right. mean, that's it. So, I mean, the thing is, is um, one thing
0: that I would definitely agree with is for one, the FBI crime data doesn't even, you know, have any type of a specific, uh you know data point that is collected on let's just say braced pistols mm, mm-hmm. right versus you know in terms of, if we just look at the AR15 because that's what mm. they always want to go for right the difference between there's no there's no distinction between a rifle and an AR15 and a pistol and an AR15 pistol equipped with a brace or without a brace so it's not like those data points specifically say all right this many braced pistols of various configurations were used in crimes. They don't know. They so that shows you right there that they didn't even deem it important enough, right? Because under the NFA, a pistol's a pistol, right? Under current law, a handgun with a brace on it is a handgun. So mm-hmm. therefore, if that category, it, you know, you show up to a crime scene and you you can determine that a pi- a pistol was used in a crime or a murder, then that's what you have to put down. You you don't, you know what I mean? You don't make a distinction between those things. Because they are the same thing. Like, a rifle is a rifle. An AR-15 is a rifle. A hunting rifle is a rifle. So, that's the danger of this whole situation, is they're trying to apply standards that don't even exist. They're trying to make up the standards as they go along, for one. Two, criminals don't obey law. So, alright, say that you do get this pass through, which, let's hope it doesn't, because it's, it's terribly infringing on the Second Amendment, and just... And it's also a money it's a it's a money frisking operation, you know, because they're taxing you to, you know, uh, exercise your constitutional rights, which has already been deemed to be un- unconstitutional. I can't wait for the Supreme Court to hear that one. They're going to look back at Mayberry versus Madison and see these other cases are going to go. Oh, wait a minute. We, 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 we determined a long time ago that you couldn't tax rights. There cannot be a tax or a fee associated with exercising a right. Now, as much as you really, really want to collect that $200 and be able to peek under the roof and, and, and know exactly what is going on with every gun owner, I know how bad you really want that if you're the government, but it's not allowed. It's unconstitutional. You can't tax people's rights. But... Beyond all that, even if this were to go through, the criminals are still going to be criminals. And there are people out there that are going to buy guns through whatever illicit means that they need to. And all you're doing is taking firearms out of the hands of honest people Mm -hmm. uh, in the first place. It's going to affect law-abiding people way more than it's going to affect criminals. Because criminals are criminals. And they don't care about your laws. They're going to do what they need to do and what they want to do. And there's nothing that you can do or say or make law that's going to change anything. They're already breaking a myriad of laws. Do you think they care about one more law? No. So that's the danger. Mm. You know, it's always a do as I say, do as, uh, you know, do as I say, not as I do mentality when it comes to these people. You know, they're, they're so ignorant of the facts and they're ignorant of what really has to happen to buy a gun. I'm not even going to get into all the things that you are required to have ID for in our society to do. And then, well, we won't get into uh, some of the (laughs) things you don't have to have ID
1: to do. That's another rabbit hole. That's a whole other rabbit hole.
0: But the thing is, is it is very difficult to buy a firearm. It's not easy to buy a firearm. There is a process. All right. I don't agree with it. I think it's bull crap. But there is a process. It's not like it's just some random thing where you order a gun and have it shipped straight to your house. I think it should be that way. I mean, but. There is a process. You go to a gun store. You fill out a 4473. You have to submit all this documentation. You have to pass a background check. Like, the people that they're going after and trying to to subjugate in this way are the people that are already following the rules to begin with. So, it's just, man, it just doesn't make sense why they think that that is actually going to do anything. That's that's what gets me, you know. They Um, think it's going to be effective. It's really not going to be effective at all. Because the same people causing crimes with
1: guns already aren't doing all of the above already anyway. I know. It's just always of affairs and we always come back to these concepts because, I mean, yeah, it's, it's another title, uh, another bill, but it's really the, the same book. <laughs> I mean, it's just got a different cover. I mean, it's what really all these things amount to. It's just always further infringements on the Second Amendment. And what would be nice is to, instead of expansion, expanding the NFA, we want to see the NFA uh, dissolved. We want to see, you know, all those items that are currently under the NFA become legal to own again, you know, just over the counter with a 4473. Um, at this point in time, I don't think 4473s and background checks are going gonna, to gonna go away anytime soon, although, you know, they technically are an infringement upon the Second Amendment. The Second Amendment shall not be infringed. I mean, it's clear wording, as we've said in the past. But, you know, small insteps, you know, to, to take back some of what's been taken from the gun community as a whole would be nice instead of expanding on every tiny little facet that really isn't going to get the results they're looking for. All it is is just a power play, and it's just to please a demographic. That's right, yeah. You know. The Second Amendment, guys, and it's important to remember this, the Second
0: Amendment does not grant you anything. The Second Amendment does not give you permission. The Second Amendment does none of those things. What the Second Amendment does do, it recognizes your God-given right to own a firearm. It tells the government specifically to stay away and not, not to touch this thing, right? Shall not be infringed is the most clear and concise wording in the entire document. Right. When you look at the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, name one that says so specifically shall not be infringed. Right. Shall not be infringed. That is extremely clear constitutional language. Right. And it was written that clearly for a reason to provide a very distinctive barrier that the government will not step their toe over. They've gone way past just towing the line. Right. They've gone way past. So that's what we have to remember. The Second Amendment recognizes what you're born with, not what the government grants you. You are not granted the privilege to own a gun. You are born with the inherent God-given right to own a firearm. And that, that language in that document says, Hey, all you people over there on the hill, stay away from this. This is not yours. This doesn't belong to you. You can't charge for it. You can't regulate it. Here it is. It belongs to them. They're born with it, and you stay away. Ugh. And that's and that is the only uh, end all, do all that 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 I will accept as being good enough. One hundred and ten percent constitutional gun ownership, mm-hmm. as it's written. Right. I want to own whatever the heck I want. I want an artillery piece in my front yard because it's my right to have it. But uh, but Eric, it'd be like the Wild West, though,
1: man. Well, right. No, <laughs> no, not quite. That's what that's been said in the past too. It's like yeah, we can't, well, we can't have the, we can't have people walking down the streets with the guns on their hips like in the Wild West. The world that's what you want to go back to. The world has
0: changed a lot. Like, okay, look at just how much the Second Amendment community and the the world of gun ownership has changed so much just in the last 30, 40 years, just from about the eighties until now. Look Mm -hmm. how many more AR-15s are in circulation and are in private hands than what they were in the 80s. Right back in the 80s, the AR was still relatively—I don't want to say a niche thing, but like it was more of a a gun connoisseur's firearm that they would buy. Now you've got guys that you know might have grown up just owning a revolver and a hunting rifle, and maybe their their grandpa's 1911 that got passed down to them from World War Mm -hmm. II or something. And now they're going out and buying ARs. They're buying SCARs. They're buying Benelli M4s. They're buying BNT APCs. I mean, they're buying the, the cool, bougie, uh, modern stuff because that's what they want. They view it as the best tool to protect themselves with. They want the best tools. They don't want the tools that someone tells them they can have. They want the same tools that anyone else would want to have right now. All right? If, the, if you had to do dignitary protection and you had your guys armed with BNT APC-9s with auto sears and suppressors and flashlights, well then guess what? If it's good enough for the dignitary protection units, it's good enough for my family. And that's how people view it now. This isn't the 80s anymore. The Second Amendment is here to stay, and black rifles, no matter what you think, they're here to stay. Mm-hmm. So the best thing you can do is get one, learn how to use it, and everyone be on the same page. With mm-hmm. this kind of thing, and they're wanting to take ten steps back when society, in terms of the Second Amendment as a whole, has already
1: taken thirty mm-hmm. steps forward. You, uh, you mentioned thirty or forty years. I'd argue that you know probably the most significant change has happened within the past ten years, and before that, just after the uh, the original Ninety Four Crime Bill sunsetted in two thousand four. You know because yeah, um, true. You know at that point I was just really starting to get. Pretty heavy in the guns, and I'm thinking it's like, oh, the assault weapons ban, and so now I can go out and buy like a real AR, you know? Right, and, and they wouldn't want one, yeah, you know? and not some neutered, you know, AR that was supposedly reduced crime, you know, in, in in function, you know, not in form or. In form, not in function. One of the two. Well, the, but, the
0: data are completely inconclusive on that. You know, it's they just... but but Did nothing to curb crime. We,
1: we've talked about this in the past, about the just huge demographic shift in just gun culture and gun ownership as a whole in, in the last decade. And it's just been unprecedented. I mean, there's more guns out there, especially black rifles, uh, than there ever have been in circulation in the public's hands in a very, very long time. In the history of... Yeah, you know, really in the history of gun ownership as we see it now, but. Yeah, uh, uh, global gun ownership, yeah. not just the United oh, yeah, States. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, we're just, we're, we're just going to keep on pumping the numbers up.
0: That's right. That's right. Rookie numbers. We need to get those numbers higher. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Guys, look, contact your reps. Make sure that you have your ear to the ground on this Mm -hmm. bill. There's not a lot of information about it because, of course, you know, they just throw this out there Mm -hmm. and there's not a ton of information. But as we find out more, we'll let you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, We just want to keep you abreast of what's going on and make sure you understand that these things are happening. Mm -hmm. Right now, when you look and you see all the chaos going on in the world, you know, you know the worst people. All right. It brings out the best and worst people in your society, okay? When you're dealing with times of strife, the good people step forward and they go, all right, we're going we're gonna to solve this situation. We're going to do what we need to do. We're going to help our people, and we're going to move on with life. The bad people go, how can I take advantage of this situation? This person, Douche, whatever his name is, Ted, Ted, Douche, Ted Douche, is a bad person because he sees an opportunity to drive a rift, to lift up the carpet and go, You won't be missing this. I'll just sweep this under here. That is dangerous, Mm -hmm. and people like him are dangerous, and people like him are evil Mm -hmm. for taking advantage of a bad situation and trying to sweep something like this under the rug while people are distracted. Don't let them do it. You have to Mm -hmm. keep your eyes on the prize, right? The Second Amendment is a jewel that we won't let get tarnished. (laughs) We won't let it get taken. It's ours, and we have to
1: protect it, and we can't let Mm -hmm. people like him— uh, sweep it under the rug. So, look, I'll say one last thing. Um, when it comes to bills like this that are that are very early in the in the whole process, um, where at, at, as of the time of filming this video, there's no bill text available at this moment. Um, so when we catch things early like this, and you guys can get on the phones and get on your computers and email your reps and just flood them with, you know, just protest for Bills like 4953 here, then that means that sometimes these bills won't even make it to the committee floor to be put through to the House for a vote or to the Senate for a vote. So they're dead in the water before they even, you know, come up for air for the first time. Um, So... You guys really do a great job at, at keeping a lot of this stuff at bay, and we really appreciate it. And we're just putting out the feelers and just making sure that you guys have the best information that you you can. And FPC has been doing an excellent job. They're always at the forefront of crap like this, all these infractions or in, incursions into uh, the Second Amendment as a whole. Uh, they're always at the forefront of keeping this information out there and just breaking the ice with it. So, 100%. Yeah.
0: Guys, uh, really appreciate you watching, and ladies, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, whoever's watching, appreciate you. Uh, Have a great week, great day. Uh, we got many more gun gripes on the way. We hope you'll stay tuned for them. And we're not trying to, like, fill up your feed full of random stuff, but there's a lot (laughs) going on. So it's important right now. That we, you know, keep our ear to the ground and we, we keep each other abreast of these things mm-hmm. that are going on. Okay, that's very important. So, a uh, big thank you to all of our Patreon supporters for supporting us. Thank you so much. Also, those of you who purchase man cans, uh, we've got our EDC man can that's going to be dropping soon. I'm going to do an unboxing on that. Um, I know we haven't done a man can video in a while. Uh, things have been pretty hectic. We've been working our tails off. But I know you're going to love the EDC box, and I'll do a video on that one as soon as possible. Also, um, if you want to pick up a t-shirt over on Ballistic Ink, those are the most direct ways that you can support us if you wish to support us directly. Have a great day. Many more videos on the way. We'll see you soon. See you guys.